The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. This podcast is brought to you in part by the Pop Insider. The Pop Insider has all the latest in news, merch reviews, and other geeky goodness. Whether you're a wizard, a Sith Lord, or a superhero, fuel your fandom at thepopinsider.com. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. You know how Finn never gets to tell Ray that one thing he wants to tell her? Or how Han Solo can give Leia a sarcastic quip but never really open up to her? Well, you don't have to be rebel scum or the captain of the Millennium Falcon to experience the kind of rich relationships and life that we all long for. I'm Mark Went, and I'm a men's wisdom coach. After people work with me, they have the confidence, emotional intelligence, and communication skills they need to be the heroes of their own story. To find out more, go to markwentcoaching.com, M-A-R-C-W-E-N-D-T, coaching.com. Crisis for the geek kind. Top geek officials admit they underestimated the hipster's defense capability. Geeks from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. They're doing their part. Are you? Join Weeby Geeks and the Geek Revolution and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Want to know more? Do not attempt to adjust your device. This is Extreme Freedom Audio Bulletin. It cannot be traced. It cannot be stopped. And it is the only free voice left in the Geek Revolution. And welcome to another episode of Weeby Geeks. It is your dashing duo, Derek, myself, Mike. And I'm seeing a, a YouTube video. Remember Josh from Hollow Chronicles? Yep. Remember Pete from, uh, was that, Around the Galaxy? Yep. They're doing a live uh, YouTube show. I'm almost wondering if I should share the link with you. We go go raid their show while we're recording it. <laughs> May have to do that one day. I don't know if tonight's the night mm-hmm. to do that, though. That may yeah. be that may be fun. Anyway, uh, welcome to another episode. Um, check out the homepage of the site WeBeGeeks.net, and there, um, go down the right hand side of the the page is our web store, our T Public store, our partners at Biddy Boomers, which use the code WeBeGeeks for fifteen percent off your purchase. Uh, they've got Venom. They have two new uh, child Biddy Boomers um, and quite a few others. Uh, there's a Hulk Biddy Boomer, um, etc. Uh, so check that out. Also, too, check out uh, our friends over at Heroes and Villains. And hey, they have a Mandalorian, a Rebel, and an Imperial um, face mask that they're selling. I don't know how much they are, but you know what? I'm going to go look right now. Uh, also too, check out superhero stuff. Uh, one of the, yes, they got cool star Wars, DC, Marvel, 
et cetera. Uh, but they got these things called, um, they got these things called, uh, oh, help me out here. I will. Hero boxes. I have no idea what you're talking about. Hero boxes. Oh, they, they got some really cool hero boxes and it's, uh, they're not a monthly thing. They are something that pops up, uh, every now and then that they sell some great stuff. I've gotten some in the past, uh, check out on, uh, our YouTube channel, uh, check out where I've done the review, you know, done unboxings. So they got, uh, the masks, um, they're selling socks now too. Still, <laughs> they still have that stormtrooper or the Imperial sling bag love to get for the parks. Um, for the days that I don't want to wear an actual backpack, I want something smaller. Right. Uh, apparently they have a star Wars wildlife expedition planet Hoth where there's different, um, different Hoth based t-shirts, <laughs> which is really cool. Uh, they got two that are cream colored, one black and one like long sleeve Jersey style. I can't tell what this is. Oh, it's a wampa walking on all, all fours like a bear, which is cool. <laughs> that's cute. There's one with the tauntaun, two with the tauntaun. That's cute. Th- these are these are cool shirts. Uh, the blue one's cool too. See something like this, I would wear. But I, I like the front of this one of the uh, of this one that's got either the um, tauntaun or the the wampa, and uh, it almost looks like a, a patch or one of those like shielded patch types things. It so says. As a Hoth Wildlife Explored. So, interesting shirt there. Um, okay, going back. See, for some reason, I think I would do the, the Wampa on this. Question is, do they have my size? Hey, they have a 3X. They have our size. Ah. I am sh- shocked. <laughs> I know, me too. And like I said, it's a, it's, a, it's a cream color. Usually, I wear a lot of black, so I try to avoid black when I'm not at work. Or, yeah, when I'm not at work, since I wear black all the time at work. Mm. Um, accessories. Face mask. There we go. There is a Mandalore, a Rebel Alliance, and an Imperial face mask. 12 bucks each. That's not bad. Wow. That's not bad at all. So, uh, the Mandalore. It's got the, the Mythosaur skull. Um, looks like it's almost like a camouflage with Arabish on one side and it looks like, uh, grill, you know, like grill marks or like a pattern, like a ship pattern. Yeah. Like, like the helmet grill marks and, uh, and the, the arrows from the above, you know, middle of the eyes thing on Boba's helmet. It's going North South. Um, the rebel Alliance mask. Is straight orange, and it's got the checkerboard and the victory marks from the X-wing pilot's helmet on it. And, and there's a, a darker orange pattern on top of the the orange. Uh, and of course, Arabish on the side of it. And then the I'm I'm not taking the time to, to try and translate this Arabish. And then the Imperial has the <laughs> has just two stripes of the hallways of Star Destroyer or the Death Star, the Imperial cog, and then uh, some Arabish down the side of it. And these have the adjustable uh, ear loops. So it's got the bead for the adjustable. It's not bad. Not bad at all. There's beanies. There's blankets and throws. Ooh, blankets and throws. I said, this house needs any more oh blankets and throws. Beanies, blankets, and throws. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Doggone it. That sling back. That sling back still sold out. But hey, the X-Wing backpack is on sale for 70 bucks. That's a lot of orange. <laughs> uh, the Mudhorn backpack is sold out. <gasps> what did you find? Uh, something unrelated. Uh, but uh, I just saw they just released... Uh, Star Trek Funko Pops, including Khan and uh, Mirror Mirror Kirk. 
Ooh. Spock, Sulu, and Uhura. And a Kirk and Captain's chair. Oh, those are so cool. I want them all. Very cool. Where'd you see these at? Uh, I'm looking at a site I get my Funko Pops from. Ah. Ooh. Called Pop in a Box. They also have Marvel Mechs Pops. That's cool. Uh, I don't know about the Mechs. Um, Pops look cool. Well, Pop Insider gives us the announcement. This came yesterday uh, as we're recording. Super 7 really is is really diving into the nostalgia with Back to the Mm. Future reaction figures. Oh, cool. Uh, It's second wave inspired by Back to the Future. Uh, We have Doc Brown wearing his famous mind-reading contraption Mm -hmm. and his silver jacket from 1955. Or uh, the second, there's a second figure of him wearing his white jumpsuit that comes with a mini Einstein. Sign me up, please. Mm-hmm. Um, on the Marty McFly side of things, there are two figures. Marty in his yellow radiation suit. I am Darth Vader and I come from the planet Vulcan. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and uh, classic Marty wearing his life preserver vest and carrying his skateboard. It's not a life preserver vest. It's a ski vest. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess it's it's called the life preserver vest because people, when he went back into the past, people thought he was part of the Coast Guard because of his life preserver. Oh, yeah. Right. But this is the this is the second wave. I don't remember the first wave. What was in the first wave? I have no idea. Uh, well, as I go to look, I go back and and check their archives for reaction on Pop Insider. And the next story next to it, Super Seven S- Star Trek reaction figures. Ooh. So uh, there will be um, we'll extend this line with the new generation of figures, the next generation to be to be in fact. Uh, mm-hmm. The first wave of articulated figures will include Picard, Worf, Data, Wesley, Crusher, Guinan, and a mm-hmm. Borg drone. Mm-hmm. So that'll be pretty cool. Yeah. So, very cool. Um, so, yeah. So. This might be important. Wait, what's Thursday doing here? She's on the wrong show. <laughs> Let me find out why. Oh, great. That's not a good sign. When she crosses over. So uh, Thursday popped up on my screen, on my little HUD, that uh, we had a caller. Apparently, he he got routed to the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair where we record Mighty Marvel Geeks. So she routed him to us, knowing that, no, I'm not there. So we have on the line with us, he's the producer. He's also an actor in his own film. Uh, the film's called Nest of Vampires, and we have producer and actor Chris Sanders. How's it going? It's going really well, yeah. Good to uh, good to be here with you. Oh, thank you. So tell us a little bit about the movie Nest of Vampires. Yeah, so it all started, um, I started out, um, making short films and um, I started crowdfunding those so I, I quit my full time job like three years ago and um, I started crowdfunding and meeting horror fans and horror film producers and over the past few years I built up a network of you know horror fans and producers from all over um, and it got to the point where I could just call on a few people and they, and they gave me the investment for the feature and that's where it, that's where it started from uh, so yeah I mean the film um, we've got Tom Fairfoot playing the lead and Tom acted alongside Richard Gere and Hilary Swank in the 2009 movie Amelia. So he, he loved the script. Um, he, he brought down his fee and he, and he agreed to join us. So that was a big deal. And he was really fantastic in the film. He really carries the whole film. Uh, we've got Frank Jameson who uh, starred in the final scenes of Game of Thrones as well. So it's a great little cast and 
overall, it was uh, we had about thirty actors, about forty uh, producers, and we had you know, multiple locations. So it was a big old task, but yeah, I enjoyed it. I managed to pull it off. Yeah, I, I will have to say I'm ashamed to admit it, but it's one of those while either I'm trying to catch a nap after I take my daughter to school and I throw <laughs> on Pluto TV and watch one of the on-demand movies. Or I'm just trying to kill time before going to work and I'm watching an on-demand movie. You have uh, an actress from a movie that I have watched on Pluto called MILF. Um, you had uh, Jet. <laughs> I think oh, she Jet. Went- yeah. yeah, her role in MILF was she was a party dancer. <laughs> I recognized her. I was like, why does she look so familiar? <laughs> Yeah. I know so, that face from somewhere. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> she was a cool person as well. She, um, she, did, she did a great job in in the nest as well. Um, herself and Tom Fairfoot, um, they really you know really carried the movie, and um, it was great to work with them both. Yeah, I I, I enjoyed the fact that. You know, every actor who was in the movie wasn't just a background extra for the most part. Everyone had a a bit role, yeah, yeah. Uh, which I I thought was impressive. That you know, if, if you saw them on screen, they they at least said said a line or two, which was yeah, I mean, which was pretty awesome. Yeah, it was it was it was great fun. I mean, having all those different characters coming together, um, I think it really added to the film. And um, like you say, I don't really like having you know characters where they have just one line. There's no real depth to them. So I think um, part of the enjoyment of these sort of films is you have you know all these multiple characters and um, different strands going off this way and that, and that makes it quite interesting. So we have quite a lot of subplots in the movie as well. Um, for me, one of my favourite yeah, characters. That was that was nice to see. Oh, right, thanks, man. Cheers. Yeah, I think um, the Italian hitman played by J.P. Gates, that was a fun character, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was quite cool. Yeah. So do, do you, do you, did you actually write it, the Italian? Yeah, yeah. Or did you oh, no. just... J.P.'s wife's Italian, so... <laughs> they, um, oh, cool. We worked together on it, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I spent a lot of time casting the roles. I mean, what I tend to do is... First of all, I look at the obviously the show reels, and then I try and think, well, is there like a real chemistry there between the two? And then that's the way I like to, to do the casting. And it takes it's a long old process, but I feel I did a pretty good job. Um, I think, you know, like I said, like Jet and, and Tom yeah, was, have a really good chemistry, and yeah, it worked really well. Yeah, it's a pretty good cast. So, why this particular style of vampire movie? Because because it, it is definitely different from. From others out there. Yeah, I just wanted to maybe you know, try something a little bit different. So, I mean, as you know already, I mean, it starts out as like a traditional sort of thriller and then um, obviously it gets darker and darker. Um, so it has the, I guess, you know, that dust till dive sort of vibe to it. Um, but I wanted to explore, you know, a lot of conspiracy theories going around about, you know, um, like MI5 and what's really going on with these guys and um, the elites, etc. So I really wanted to tap into that. That's quite a popular, yeah, quite a popular sort of topic. So that was one of the motivations as well, just have a little bit of fun with that so yeah so obviously you start out at the beginning with this mi5 agent and his wife's been murdered and then he goes to a small rural village and he just slowly gets embroiled into this um satanic cult and obviously there's a twist a big twist sort of halfway through um (laughs) (laughs) we can't really talk about but yeah there we go (laughs) i guess you could say that there's a twist (laughs) a little bit bit, yeah no i I think it's well, with a lot of my films, the guys tend to be quite dominant, and I wanted to turn that around on his head. So in the film, a lot of the female characters, they're the ones who are doing all the killing and all the bloodletting and all that sort of stuff. So that was good fun. Turn the tables a little bit. <laughs> now, after... And w- without spoiling anything, 
I can say that the the twist does change the it does it does what you want a twist to do and it really yeah changes the whole aspect yeah. of what which is pretty good yeah yeah that was that was a fun part that was a fun fun scene to write as well um, <laughs> now after watching the film. Uh, I did read a couple of reviews and, and some, you know, a couple of them were saying, you know, this, this was a vampire film that didn't have a lot of blood in it. Um, and I'm like, okay, but I don't think it was meant to be. I, how, how's yeah. about, I mean, I, I love the twist how this is a more modern vampire movie uh, and it's not the traditional vampires can't go out in sunlight. It's almost like you, you approach you, you approach it of vampires more of a cult than yeah. So yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah, I guess I guess what I was trying to do um, it's more about the relationship between the father and the daughter as well. Um, yeah, between Tom and obviously Anna, um, and there's various little subplots going on within that as well. It's quite subtle. Some of the writing um, that's giving too much away, but it really is about the relationship between the father and daughter and what's really going on between them. Um, again, we can't really give too much away, but mm-hmm. it's yeah. hard. But <laughs> yeah, it's difficult. Yeah, you have to have to go and watch the film. But um, no, you're right. I mean, it's not. There are scenes of gore. Obviously, there's some quite, I guess, horrific scenes where fingers get chopped off and hands get chopped off and things like that. Um, but you're right. Yeah, it's not are. primarily what the. Yeah, I, the hand chopping thing was great fun to shoot as well. That was fantastic. But, uh, yeah, see, that was I, awesome. I, I thought for for the type of vampire movie it was, it was perfect. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and like the hand chopping scene, like you said, it, it's. It got it was successful in in what you were trying to do with it without it being like overly yeah. gory like you might see in some other films that it didn't really call for. Well, I, I guess what the question is too, you know, when you chop the hand off, is it really gonna spurt and gush like we see in most horror films, or is it just gonna you know, blood slowly ooze out of the hand, or, or yeah. have that slight rush onto the table, more like you know what we got? Um, I, I think it's the latter, more or more realistic what you did instead of the you know over sensationalized. Yeah, I mean, it made it more mm. the way because the, the actor that I chose was he's quite a fresh face. He's quite young looking as well. You know, he's about only about twenty four himself. So having that dominant, domineering sort of female vampire come along and um, obviously take off the old hand there, it was uh, <laughs> it's supposed to be pretty shocking. But I guess what we're trying to do with that scene, we're, we're again we're playing around with the whole adrenochrome, um, you know, conspiracy theory and whatever, and um, going deep into that. And um, so these guys are pretty much you know they're, they're getting the blood together and they're sang that blood on for. Um, and I think that's you know quite an interesting little angle to explore. And that's what that scene was about, really. Um, yeah, there we go. Without giving too much away. So was it was it hard casting this film? Um, or were, were there other choices that you had for different roles that uh, they just said, like the script, but yeah, no? Yeah, I mean, I get about, we got about like 200 applications um, for each role. So, I mean, I'd, I'd sit down and go through every single show reel that was um, and then I'd get a real feel for that actor or actress. And then what I'd do then is I'd, you know, think about the other person they'd be playing in the scene with and, you know, really thinking hard, you know, is there going to be real chemistry there? And then we'd have like a Skype interview and then we'd go through the script together. So it was a long old process till eventually we brought them in, you know, sat down and we'd go through you know, rehearsals. And um, But yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult because there are so many talented actors out there, you know, from all over the world. There really are. Um, and it comes down for me, you know, the chemistry between the two individuals. Are they really going to, you know, work well together? And I 
think like, particularly with Tom and, and Jet, um, they really had a spark yeah. together. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Really. Um, and also with Hans, Hans Hernke and um, the actress Roseanne Priest, mm. um, she played his secretary. They, they got on really well. There was, there was a real chemistry then. I was really happy with those scenes as well. So, yeah. 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 I thought, I thought what Tom. Where did you, where did you go ahead? I was going to say with, with Tom and Jet, I mean, there was amazing chemistry there. It was, it was great seeing, seeing her in a, in a more breakout role instead of a, a background yep. character. Uh, I mean, I thought she pulled off an amazing job with it. Yeah, I did as well. I, I totally agree. Yeah, she's a really strong actress. And um, and what you find is when you get two really you know, talented and strong actors together, they bounce off each other. They, they really push each other. And there was yeah. a little onset that was a competition between them, a lot of banter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was good. You know, they were really trying to do each other. And, I, and we all knew that and they knew that. And it was quite good fun. And um, it really helps to, you know, push the performances when you have two really strong actors together. Because um, they both feed off each other. Okay. Where did you uh, Where did you actually film the movie? Well, we shot it in uh, in the UK in central England um, around Leicestershire and Warwickshire. So the problem, obviously, with you know independent filmmaking, if you've got a, a relatively small budget, I mean, we had like just under uh, you know forty thousand dollars, which might sound a lot, but it's not really. It goes really um, yeah, so it goes, right. Yeah, really, um, so yeah, I mean, we shot it um, pretty much locally. Um, around the, the small towns where I live. But the interesting thing is that I live in a small medieval town. So you've got loads of really old buildings and churches. Oh, and it's perfect. Yeah, it's nice. perfect. Cemeteries and things like that. And the great thing was that the local council, they were so, like, excited by this. They said, yeah, come on, let's do this. And Oh, cool. They gave us access to the churches and all the cemeteries and stuff. And it was like, yeah, no one's ever shot a film here before. So it was a fantastic experience. And uh, Oh, very cool. See, to me, that's great. Yeah, was- I, I, I want to take a trip to Eng- uh, to the UK. Uh, of course, I want to visit England. I want to visit where my ancestry is from mm-hmm. in, in Wales. Um, but yep. I, I want to go to Scotland and hit both Ireland's northern and Ireland. You know, free, <laughs> as Dave from Flogging Molly says, free Ireland. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I just want to hit that whole region. Um, yeah, but I mean, to go to go places like Chelsea, to London, to, to Manchester, to um, uh, Liverpool, those areas. I also want to go hit the the small villages where they still look like yeah. they're from the medieval times. Well, I'll tell, tell you an interesting thing. I grew up in a small village um, called Brinklow in Warwickshire, and um, before Bram Stoker wrote Dracula, he was a tour manager for the great English actor Henry Irving, and huh. his job was. Yeah, his job was to book in the accommodation for this actor. And when I was growing up in this village, um, there was a village opposite called Easenhall where Bram and um, Henry Irving stayed in one of the local inns. So you can imagine as a teenager, you know, being in love with horror and understanding this and knowing this like local legend. Um, yeah, it was quite pretty cool. So it, it, yeah, and to know in that inn also sat Mary Shelley at one point. Well, potentially, yeah. Old Bram Stoker, there we go. Can't beat yeah. that. Because <laughs> well, I, I know Stroker and Shelley and uh, a few of the others, all, I mean, they would, they would sit around different, you know, at the, at the in places in their home country, you know, all together in each other's home country yeah. to talk to stories and help each other with the stories in some, some aspect. I'm like, okay, so that'd be cool, just the history there and not knowing... What else? Oh, you you know, Charles really and I have gone through that village at some point as well. You never know. There could have been Charles Dickens. Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that's what I want to go see. <laughs> are you that? My, uh, yeah, are you, sorry, mate. Go my sister actually moved out to England a few years ago, and I still okay. haven't had the chance to visit her yet. Uh, 
She lives in Taunton in okay, Somerset. Taunton. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's down south. Yeah. That's a beautiful yeah. part. So someday yeah. I'd like to go down, out there and visit her and see the whole the, the country. I've always wanted to see England. Yeah, you should come over, my friend. Seriously, there's um, there's so much history over here, and you know, if you're if obviously you're horror fans, you'd love the old churches and the graveyards yeah. and um, the small oh, little. Yeah. Oh man, you'd love that. Seriously, it's really atmospheric. It's um, you've got these you know wooden beam cottages and thatched cottages and beautiful old churches and yeah, I mean, I love it. I love it. I'm I'm surrounded by like you know woodland and stuff, and I like nothing more than just going for a long mm. thinking about it. <laughs> Yeah, it's well, that, cool. that would be cool. Sounds great. Yeah. So how how did you come up with with the script for the film? Um, I mean, I, I tend to sit down. I, I read a lot of horror 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 books, obviously, and um, Edgar Allan Poe and Bram Stoker and Clive Barker and Ah, three of my favorites. Yeah, yeah, Clive Barker yeah. is awesome. Yeah. I actually love Clive Barker. Um, I think some of my favorite short stories are from the Books of Blood. Like, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, but basically, yeah, I'll sit there and I'll start thinking of ideas, and you know, and then I had this idea for you know, well, let's do a, let's do. A, I always want to explore the vampire, you know, and um, do something a little bit different. And that's where the original idea came from. I think one night, and I just started writing, and it just sort of happened. You know, I, I want to go off on a <laughs> slight tangent here. Yeah. Your top, your top three Clive Barker books: Books of Blood. Um, let me think. Both those volumes, first of all, yeah, definitely. Uh, Nightbreed, I think. Um, Cabal, yeah. Cabal, yeah. Sorry, Cabal, yeah. And um, I think the actual short story, um, if I can just use it, like Candyman, the short story, in the actual okay. books of blood. Yeah, yeah. Midnight Meat Train and um, Skins of Their Fathers and all those. And there's another one he did, um, oh, something about, there's a young kid and it's about, all about time and oh, what's it called? And I can't remember the name now. Where basically, oh, sorry, it's just completely escaped me. It'll come to me in a minute. Well, a lot of people forget Hellbound Heart is what led to the Hellraiser series. Okay, yeah. Yeah. For me, my my three favorites is uh, Cabal, which became yep. the Nightbreed movie. Uh, Weave World. I just yep. love okay. what he did with Weave World. I, I would love to see that done as a film, especially with today's technology. It could it could be amazing. Awesome. Um, and Aberat, which was his... Yeah. His take on on wizards in in that realm to compete against uh, J.K. Rowling, which is a I, I was shocked. It's actually an amazing book for a horror writer. Oh, well, I, it's, I not, it, it's not what I was expecting, and uh, just an amazing. But I I love how you know I like Stephen King too. Don't get me wrong, but you know Stephen King knife comes in, stabs him in the upper right chest or upper right shoulder, pulls pulls across the chest, exit and pulls the knife out. Clive Barker. Yep. He enters with at this particular muscle, cuts through all these muscles, nicking the like. Okay, don't really want the play by play, but the play by play is cool and it's now making me a little squeamish. Love that. Yeah, he's got this. Um, yeah, he's got this great ability to paint pictures with words. He's he's amazing. Yeah. Um, did he? I think obviously Rawhead Rex. That was that was a short story, wasn't it? First I think so. Think so. Yeah, yeah. See, now, now, yeah, the movie was okay, I mean, but I, I remember reading that when I was. Um, about 17, 18. I was really impressed with that. Yeah. So now I'm looking up his stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, just go and check out. Yeah. <laughs> see, his novels, Damnation Game. That was it, Damnation Game. That was. I remember uh, that one. Yeah. And then uh, the Hellraiser series was the Hellbound Heart. The Thief of Always. That's the one I was talking about. That's a great book. I love yes, that book. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's, that's an one. amazing book. Yeah. Um, then he didn't. He didn't do. He didn't do follow-ups to Hellbound Heart until like 
2015. Okay. With the Scarlet Gospels and then Hellraiser the Toll. Uh, then there's the Book of Art series, which has got the Great and Secret Show. Yep. Um, and Everville. Remember Everville. Um, Imagelica. Or Imagica. Probably not pronouncing it right. Uh, the Thief of Always, which is a great I love that story. Yeah, um, Sacrament. Uh, Galilee. Uh, Cold Heart Canyon. Tortured Souls. Then there's the Books of Aberat, which I did not know about these other two. I have Aberat. Uh, I do. He then followed up with Days of Magic, Knights of War, and Absolute Midnight, um, Infernal Parade, Mister Be Gone, Mister Maximilian Bacchus and his Traveling Circus, uh, and then going back to Scarlet Gospels, and then he has a new one coming called Deep Hill. Okay. Did he bring out any more Books of Blood? Are there, uh, books, I, there's like a new volume. I can't remember uh, if he did that. <clears throat> I get Books of Blood. Uh, I think yeah. he labeled it Volume 1. Uh, okay. There were four, uh, six volumes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and they were all published between 84 and 85. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, wow, time just goes, doesn't it? It's like, yeah. It was like yesterday I was reading them when I was like a teenager. It's crazy. And, and, Lord, <laughs> and, and Lord of Illusions. <laughs> Lord of Illusions is one of the movies that came from, from that. It was based on The Last Illusion. Yeah, that was, um, I think the character was called Harry Demure or something in the book, in the, in the, in the short yeah. story. Yeah, I remember rightly. <laughs> Harry Demore, which is the name of the character played by Scott Bakula in uh, in the movie. Oh, that was the guy from uh, the Quantum Leap. Right? Yes, yeah. 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 I, I've, I vaguely remember this movie. I haven't even seen it yet. I have to check that out. <laughs> so, um, I guess for me, a big question is: we've talked to a lot of independent film artists here in the states. What's the ind- independent film scene like there in the UK or even Europe? That's a good. Question. Yeah. I think- yeah, I think in the US it's like it's massive, you know. Um, in the UK, not so much. There are, you know, let's say a handful of you know, full-time filmmakers like myself. Um, but in the US, it's like it's crazy. There's so many films being shot. It's, it feels that way anyway. Um, <laughs> especially horror films, and the horror fans are so loyal and passionate. Oh, yeah. it's so cool. Um, not so much over here, but you know, I hear about all the conventions and everything. And I really want to go over and just like visit them all. Um, Hey, there's a, I watched one. There's a great yeah, horror. I think there's a great horror one so, here in Orlando, where I'm at. Spooky Empire. Oh well, okay, cool. There you go. My next, my next trip. Yeah, yeah. Let me know when you're here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, well, no problem. Sounds like a plan. Um, mm-hmm. But I love watching like the independent horror films in the states. Like I think I watched uh, Bone Hill Road. Have you heard of that one? Yeah, that was pretty. Cool. I like that one. That was a pretty cool little werewolf flick there. Um, oh, the, I haven't the, the seen. Way- I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard. Oh, it's an amazing yeah, film. It's an amazing it's film. It's pretty cool. Is it? Yeah. I'll I think they shot it for like $10,000, man. They did an amazing job with that like sort of budget. It was um, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, again, I, I almost want to put it in that um, uh, what was, uh, Blair Witch category of you know yeah. very small budget that really racked up uh, a heck of a heck of a box office I mean, yeah it was, it, it was such a it was such a good little story i mean you had you know obviously the mom running away from her violent partner in the beginning and then they get into that car accident and they go to like a creepy little house and it's yeah it's like a serial killer mm. they get attacked by it was like everything was going on in that that, like that story it was it was really oh, there wasn't a boring moment it was so entertaining and um and I think the way that Todd Sheets he shot the werewolf as well, he was really clever because he didn't see a lot of, well, you saw a lot of the werewolf, but the way he shot it, it was, you couldn't tell that it was just like a guy in a suit, you know, it was just, right. it's a real clip of just like shadow there and not showing all the werewolf and, and it was really good. The way, the way he shot it was really clever, really smart, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, 
So is it harder to get films out on the independent market there or are, are they well accepted? The thing with like distribution companies, you've got to be really careful. I mean, we've had, we've had loads of like distribution companies contact us and the thing is they'll put like a really high marketing cap um, and until, and that's how filmmakers get ripped off. So they'll, they'll say like, we need to spend 20 grand on the marketing and they just don't. And then until you, oh, wow. until they get the back, the, the filmmaker doesn't see a penny. Um, so that's one of the ways that filmmakers get ripped off. Um, so for me personally, I think going down the South distribution route is probably the best way these days. Okay. You can make just some rich money. I was going to say, uh, with, with the marketing, I know a Star Wars film that got the same type of treatment. Not going to say yeah, anything. Yeah. <laughs> Solo a Star Wars story. Yeah, yeah it's true. You've got to be careful. There's so many sharks out there looking to rip off filmmakers. So you've got to, um, the first question you've got to ask them is, you know, yeah, what's unfortunate. Yeah. But if you're smart, you do your research, you'll be okay. You know what I mean? You just gotta... Yeah, sure. I think the filmmaker, the filmmakers who are successful, the ones who, once they make the film, they switch their mindset to marketing the film full time. So learn how to do mm. Facebook ads, learn how to do Pinterest ads, learn how to do, you know, YouTube ads and drive the traffic to your own platform. Okay. Once you, that's, that's all the distribution companies do. So why give away, you know, 50% of your business when you can do it yourself? I think that's the, you know, the smart way forward anyway. True. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. It's funny you say that because I hired a PR company and they told me that all the distribution companies do is hire them. So I'm thinking, well, okay, mm. so you guys are giving away 50% of your business. All you got to do is go direct to the PR company. You know, it doesn't make, I think filmmakers really need to wake up and you know, start changing their mindset and thinking, because most what they do is they just want recognition. They want validation. Great, I've got a distribution company. But you can right. do it yourself. You know, there's, no, there's nothing magic there or hard about it. You just got to do your research, find a good PR company, learn how to market yourself and just change your mindset. Um, and that way you can have a you know a sustainable business where you keep all the profit yourself. Now, this isn't the P- same PR company that brought you to us, was it? Potentially, yeah. I think it could very well could be. I was going to say. And they're a good guy. We, we have a great, I, I'm, you may not say it, but I'm going to say it. We have a great relationship with October Coast. They they have brought us. M- yeah, yeah, yeah. Je- Jeff's they, an awesome guy, mate. Jeff, so he's a really cool guy. That, yeah. that whole team headed by, by Clint. Um, yeah. They they have brought us many many great guests and an, yeah, yeah. And, and I think brought Derek and I to a greater appreciation of independent artists and independent film projects yeah, over the definitely. years because of them. Yeah. Um, and, and with some of the people we've met uh, over the years, that they have brought people to us. You know, and some of them have done some great great major films outside of the indie film market. I'm like, really? You, you're you've done an indie film and you're willing to come talk to us? Even though you, you've done a big, big production, yeah, why not? Um, and, and with a couple of them, we have become actually really good friends with uh, quite a few of them. Where I mean, we chat yeah. quite a bit with them. So it, it's uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I hear so many good things. A lot of kudos. Yeah, yeah. I had I've heard so many good things about October Coast, and um, everyone I spoke to just said really good things about them. So yeah, I just. Here we are. There we go. Yep. They they've come to us to to bring people like yourselves on, and you know we've had great times with everyone. So we don't we don't hire them to. If I thought we were going to be promoting needed to promote this show or any of our other shows for major projects, I would go to them to do the promotion. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, because I I think. For our level, for uh, independent films, they're probably the best out there in the market, as far as I know. Yeah, I'd I'd go along with that as well. Like I said, I've heard so many good things about them. And um, 
like one one of the actors in in Ness, he's got um, a film coming out called Todd. So he's hired. They've hired October Coast as well because of a referral from myself. And oh, it's cool. a very small world. Out there. So yeah, it's cool, man. So yeah, there we go. Oh, very cool. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure Jeff or or Danny or Clint, someone from the office there. And I know you guys are listening, so I hope you guys are still enjoy us giving you guys love. Um, <laughs> Send them our way too. So I, I'm, I'm sure we will see it come our way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Hans, um, he plays Samuel Archer in the film and he, he does great interviews. Um, and he's in a film called um, Todd at the moment. And there's a guy from Police Academy. I can't remember the name now. Sorry about this. But yeah, I'll, I'll have a chat with him and yeah, try and get you guys together as well. That'd be, that'd be awesome. First name I can think of from Police Academy yeah, is, is Michael Winslow. That's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really? Sorry. Oh. That would be cool. I think he lives here. I think Winslow lives here in my neck of the woods. Last I knew. Oh, no. oh really? I, th- I thought someone said he lived here in the Orlando area. I could be wrong. Now I gotta, okay. Now I got to go look. Yeah. Research this right now. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be living next door, man. Never know. Yeah, I would love to have Michael Winslow on the show. I've been a fan oh, of his forever. I've been a fan of his forever. <laughs> He he's one of the reasons why I I uh, watched uh, the police academy shows because I remember I remember when he was on uh, the Gong Show originally and then you know it, it's you know from there you know going to police academy and then doing Spaceballs was you know absolutely all over the place for me <laughs> yeah, I, I just loved I I, I love his role and, and Winslow's awesome uh, I, God that, that would be killer to have him. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to talk to Hans and see what we can do. Yep. Oh, <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. cool. <laughs> but Hans says really good things about him as well. Like just really, you know, down to earth down to earth guy and just yeah. you know, cool yeah. guy. I think the most successful people tend to be that way, you know, because they're people they're networkers, they're natural networkers. So the higher up you go, you usually find like like you guys are the people that you know, they're they're just really cool people. So yeah. at the end of the Yeah, yeah well you, you always want to deal with, with good people, you you know. Yeah, I think I've been really lucky in that respect as well because we had so many actors on Nest and, you know, everyone, and we got on with everybody. So somehow we quite pulled that off, but we managed to do it. Now, we we always hear from a lot of uh, the independent filmmakers that we've interviewed that it's it's always like more of a family type environment, like like everybody's really close, which I think has a, a positive effect on the films as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's like cause I'm, I'm planning to shoot another one in November, and I'm going to use all the same crew and the, well, most of the same cast as well. I oh, think, wow. yeah, because it's like yeah. I think, like you say, it is a family, and because if someone drop, if you if someone comes on board and let's say they drop out halfway through, that completely destroys your whole. You, know, you have to do loads of reshoots, and you have to reschedule everything, and right. it'd be a real. Nightmare. So that's what you sometimes find with like independent filmmakers. You get the same people in the same films over and over again, playing different characters because you trust those people and they believe in your project, and it's really important to build that that little team. Um, right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, like the the DP that we that we uh, hired in uh, for Nest. Um, he's a massive horror fan. He was a young guy, like 23, 24, but so talented and really passionate about horror. Um, his name's Oliver Arthurs. So if there's anyone out there looking to hire a, a DP in the future, um, check out Oliver Arthurs. Really, really cool guy as well. Um, but yeah, like I said, I'm using you know, hiring these guys again for the next feature and trying to keep you know most of the casting crew together to go forward and just keep repeating that you know building oh, those cool. films. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I love that. So, so would the next film kind of be a um a sequel or a continuation of of Nest? 
I'm really tempted to do like a, a sequel for Nest of Vampires, definitely. But what I've always wanted to do is explore the lycanthrope mythology and also the dogman mythology as well, and maybe combine uh, both legends in one film. That would be interesting. So that's like very cool. <laughs> I like um, it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've always loved like werewolf flicks, so... Um, <laughs> I think Dog Soldiers is one of my favourites and American Wealth in London and The Howling and um, mm-hmm. there was one called Late Phases that not a lot of people have heard about that's a pretty cool werewolf flick as well I don't know if you've seen that I've one. seen that one yeah Late Phases that's awesome that's really cool see for, for me it's um, I love American Werewolf in London even though the effects are dated now yeah. it, I think they still hold up yeah but I mean I'm in the entertainment business myself I'm an audio engineer I, I know how a lot of the, the stuff's done so I, I can see where some of that the, it's, it could be you know where I would call it dated um, but I still would prefer that over a CGI morph oh yeah absolutely. Yeah. And, and yeah. I, would, I would love to see a a, a revision of um, of the practical morph, if it could be done. I mean, that's the the bread and butter of the, the werewolf movie. That's what people yeah. just wait to see. Isn't it? That's, that's the climax when they, when the when the creature changes. <clears throat> I think the only good CGI werewolf transformation scene has been probably Bad Moon. You remember that one? Where yeah, 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 yeah. I oh, think that, yeah. Well, he's, well, he's, in, he's by the tree and he's chained up and he, and he sort of um, transforms in front of his sister. <laughs> that was a pretty cool whale flick as well. Yeah. Yeah. I liked um, Silver Bullet was a good one. Yeah. Was that with um, Corey, Corey Hames? Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I don't know if I've seen it. I'm sure I've seen it, but I can't remember. The other one where he's on the bike. That one was pretty good. I like yeah, that one. Yeah. Yeah. There's a really good English one as well called... Um, the Howl, and it's set on a train. Ooh. Yeah. In the UK. Yeah. Oh, that sounds interesting. I'll have to check that one out. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. So the train sort of breaks down and then they're attacked by a werewolf. It's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. You can see I'm a bit of a werewolf fan. There we go. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting that feeling. See, yeah, <laughs> hey, I may have a title for you for the next for your next film if it's a continuation oh, of Nest of Vampires. Cool, The Lair of Lichens. Oh wow, that's the title. <laughs> oh, that'll sell. You should have got that copyright. I'm going to steal that now. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah. I'll just um, go and send it off to the copyright office now. There we go. <laughs> so that's, a, that's just, an awesome. uh, just put. Just put a put a little uh, credit in in for Mike in the and uh, at the end credits there he'll be happy. Yeah, original original title by by Mike. There, go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Finally, I'll make it onto IMDb. It's <laughs> yeah. um, there's a really good comedy um, werewolf film called um, A Werewolf in England. Have you have you heard of that? Yes. One? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that? I've one. heard of it, but I haven't seen it. That's a lot of fun. That's good fun. Yeah, they actually used the same costumes um, from Bone Hill Road, apparently. So, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think wow. I might be wrong about that, but I heard something to that effect. Yeah. So. Well, an- another another fun one is uh, Transylvania Six Five Thousand. I haven't seen that. Yes, one. it's a great that little. Great horror comedy. Um, because they they spoof everything in it, yeah. Yeah, that one I love that movie. Plus, it has a catchy little theme song, too. <laughs> what was the title the again? Transylvania, Transylvania 65,000. I'm, I'm gonna have to watch that. That's my, yeah. Just just keep in mind it's an old 80s film, so Absolutely. yeah, that's cool. Yeah, Ed, Ed Bagley Jr. is in it. Yeah, oh, um, Jeff Goldblum. Uh, <laughs> 
is gold blue. Well, I think, I'm sure I've seen the, the cover for that. I can't remember if I'm right. I'm sure oh, she has gold. I should probably know that since I'm a big uh, gold blue man fan, but let me double check. All right. All right. <laughs> uh, the cast in the film. Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Yep. Yes. That's uh, right. Ed Begley Jr., Carol Kane, Jeffrey Jones. I just I just watched that from my podcast not like two years ago, too. I should have remembered that. Uh, Gina Davis. Yep. Uh, Michael Richards. Donald Gibb is the Wolfman. Norman Fell. Uh, did we uh, – hold on. Did we lose Chris? Uh, he looks frozen at the moment. <laughs> Joseph Bologna. I don't know him. I know, I know him, but I, <laughs> oh, I don't okay, know him. Okay. okay, I recognize him now. Yeah, seeing pictures. But yeah, I mean, in Transylvania Six Five Thousand, who do we? Who did I just say was? Uh, uh, Jeff Goldblum is in it. Uh, yeah. Um, who's the Wolfman? Donald Gibb. Gibb. Donald Gibb. Yep. Donald Gibb. Okay. Okay. Have you given away the storyline? Have you given away the main sort of... No, I have not given away the storyline to it. Okay. <laughs> okay, Donald Gibb. Now I recognize... Now I'm done putting... God, it's been one of those weeks. Donald Gibb. Ogre from Revenge of the Nerds. Yes. Yep. As Wolfman. Yep. Um, it's a it's a comedy, so we definitely want to keep, make sure make sure we get that. Yeah. Make sure that it's known that it is a comedy. Oh, some great yeah. stuff in it, though. Oh yeah, yeah. It was it was a great movie. It, it, that's that's definitely film. Yeah. It, it's it's a classic. So I'm assuming um, you you filmed this before the pandemic hit. Oh man, we were so lucky. Like we we shot ninety seven percent of the film in January two thousand twenty. Oh, wow. Literally, like <laughs> a week later, oh, everything oh. was looked down. We were so lucky. Wow! Because, because most of the actors were from the states as well, so they had to like fly back. Oh wow! It would have been. All oh, right. <laughs> yeah, so we were so lucky. Um, wow. And then we ended up like there was. And what's really really funny is that the town where we shot the final scene, like. That went into lockdown like the day after the whole town. Oh, so it was wow. just like all oh, the town. And they completely shut it off. There was like um like police cordons around it and no one was allowed in or out. Wow. And the day before we got there, we were so lucky to get the last scene shot. It was oh wow. It was wow. amazing. Yeah, so cool. But yeah, it was oh, definitely yeah, a crazy that's crazy. Journey get <laughs> so so I'm assuming a lot of po so it just made it easier to do a lot of the post um I'm, I'm assuming you did it from home, or was it a lot of over Skype, over Zoom, uh, with someone in a yeah. studio? Yeah, so one of my best mates is, is the, like, the editor and everything, so we just gave everything to him, and then obviously we sat down with him, and um, and then we used like a post-production company as well, so we just, you know, did everything virtually, it was pretty cool, yeah. Okay. So it all works out in the end. <laughs> so you're, you're, um, you're, you're looking at filming again in November. What's the, what's the, f- uh, COVID, um, yeah, I mean, at the moment, we're all locked down. Um, they say by April, they're going to start lifting restrictions and everything. Um, so by November, I mean, who knows, man, what's going to happen in November? You know what I mean? It could be like, we could all be in lockdown again, but, you know, you've got to be positive and just go for these things. Um, but we're all still allowed to work. As long as it's work-related and we're all safe and COVID-compliant, then it's not a problem. You know, we can still all work together as a crew. Um, it's just going to be, you know, a lot more difficult. 
but you know, that's is what it is, man. Are, are the protocols mm. really tight over there? If you do get back to filming, or when yeah, you get back to filming, we could have like COVID marshals and you know masks and um, have temperature checks and everything, and you know just make sure everyone's safe on set. So yeah, it's, it's all good. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty standard. Yeah, it sounds like about the same here. Yeah. So you guys, are you guys like open? Like Florida's, um, is it uh, pretty much open? I, w- I work for Walt Disney World, and yeah, we're open. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's so good. Yeah, we're, we're open there. So happened since uh, July of last year. Oh, cool. So it, it's it's really, really something else. Um so it's a crazy, it is, crazy world. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Mike's expression is <laughs> it, it, oh I have gone I have gone I have gone through a lot here uh with this with this pandemic. Um, yeah. I, it, it it was it was crazy what I went yeah. through. I and ended then, up uh, I ended up having to get a whole new job because oh, I, really? I yeah. I when the pandemic started, I worked in shipping. Um, I actually live in Massachusetts. Um, when the pandemic started, I was still working every day for up until May. Okay, just going into work when everybody else was still, you know, stuck at home and everything. And then eventually, I got I got laid off. And then uh, I went through some. <laughs> A little bit of you know a couple a little bit of hard times for a couple of weeks and stuff. I had a temporary job and then I ended up getting a whole new job in a hospital. Wow. Uh, I now I ship out uh, pharmaceuticals to uh, to patients, so I just completely switched to a whole new job. Yeah. But on the plus side, I was able to get the the vaccine because of it because of my job. So there you go. Yeah, they just yeah, it all works out in the end. Yeah. They just announced here, uh, the county right above me, um, they're going to start doing vaccines for people 40 and over, even though the state is saying uh, 55 and over. Hmm. The county's uh-huh. going, yeah, forget that. We're we're dropping it to 40. That's good. So, um, Yeah, I mean, my, my, my mom's like in a nursing home, so I haven't been out to see it for like a whole year. It's been really tough, man. Oh, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. That's one of the main motivations to get the film finished so she could see it, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So yeah, let's just hope it's a let's just hope 2021 is a better year for all of us, you know. I hope so. Yeah, let's hope so. I'm I'm hoping. Oh, I'm hoping. So, um, so what what's next for you? Uh, I know you said you got the film coming up in uh, November, hopefully. Yeah, um, I'm just I'm, I'm marketing this full time. Um, so I'm doing all the social media ads and interviews. Um, I've set up the Facebook ads and the, the Pinterest ads and all the Google ads and all that sort of thing. So driving traffic to the website. Um, and then hopefully over the next 30 days, it'll be coming out on Amazon and um, all the other video platforms. Oh, very cool. And then we're, we're talking to distributors about the, the DVDs and all that sort of thing. So, yeah. Oh, <laughs> very, cool. very cool. Hmm. But we've actually built a website called uh, uh, www.nestofvampires.com. So, um, oh, cool. That's sweet. If any listeners are curious now and they want to go and rent or buy the film, that's the place to go. Yeah. Awesome. Excellent. Yeah. That sounds so cool. Well, yeah, the werewolf, that's the next one. Um, I'm writing this, finishing off the script at the moment, and I've got to do, um, you know, do the shot list, so list every single shot in the movie and, uh, and the shooting schedule and do some location scouting. I'm looking for a really beautiful church in central England. So that's that's pretty cool. Um, that so yeah, probably be hard to find. <laughs> no, no, that'd be, that'd be hopefully pretty easy. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Cool. 
Well, well, thank you for joining us this week. Um, we, we, enjoyed, we enjoyed the film. I uh, hope others do the same. And uh, really, really fun yeah. to chat with you about it. Cheers, guys. I really enjoyed that, man. Yep. Sorry we got cut out halfway through. There we go. <laughs> it's the internet. It happens. <laughs> somewhere, somewhere there was a really big wave between here and England. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't so. my fault. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we'll have to. Um, yeah, when I bring the werewolf movie out, then we'll have to do this again. It was good fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Very much so. Yeah, very yeah. Much so. The layer of lichens. Look forward to that. The layer of the lichens. Yeah, <laughs> you got the title I came up with, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Might have heard that somewhere before. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, thank you again. All right, guys. Cheers, man. Have you ever wanted to deeply connect with someone the way Vision does with Scarlet Witch? Or be the stand-up guy like Cyclops is for Jean Grey? Well, you don't have to be fused to an Infinity Stone or be the leader of a superhero team to have the kind of relationships in life we all long for. Mark Went is a men's wisdom coach. And after people work with him, they have the confidence, emotional intelligence, and communication skills they need to be the heroes of their own story. To find out more, go to markwentcoaching.com. That's M-A-R-C-W-E-N-D-T coaching.com. And we're back for just a little bit longer. Uh, it was a fun interview with Chris. Yeah. So, yeah. It was, it was a lot of fun. Good film. Check it out. Nest of Vampires. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it is totally different than most vampire films. And I, I think once once I realized that, um, made me appreciate the film even more. Mm. Um, and, and I did enjoy the fact that it, it's different than most vampire films. That, it, that the vampires are more of a cult than they are a monster, so to speak. Even though there's still the, the biting... Um, <laughs> Which could be done with the cult. I mean, look at look at some of the vampires, quote unquote, vampires that are out there today in real life. It's a it's more of like a cult type thing or a yeah. I mean, it's cultish without being truly cultish. Life <laughs> lifestyle, maybe. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I know we talked about this briefly before show, but uh, guess where I'm going on Monday? China. I'm getting myself a cow tipper from movies. <laughs> Orlando's got to let me know how it is. Yeah. Mo- um, Kevin Smith did a, and I know part of the reason why Orlando was chosen. That's because uh, Kevin Smith's mom lives down here um, in the Orlando area. But yeah, it was such a blast. Um, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it being a big uh, Kevin Smith fan, clerks fan. Um, I want to say was it was Giggly Giggly is that one of his films? <laughs> yes, but it's I don't believe it's a part of the. No, it's not part of the the skewverse. Yeah, I think it was like Geely or something like Geely, that. Yeah, no, it's weird. It's weird. Um, yeah, I've never actually seen that one, but I haven't heard either. It's not great. I loved Love Dogma. Dogma. Love Clerks, loved uh, Mallrats. Oh, Mallrats, wonderful film. Um, yep. Chase and Amy was okay. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't my favorite of all that group. Uh, I love Jay and Silent Bob. Strike Jay, Jack. I I actually enjoy Jay and Silent Bob reboot. I still haven't seen it yet. I keep forgetting to watch that, it. That one I enjoyed. Um, 
Clerks two is great. I still want to see Clerks three, yeah. um, which supposedly he he's got. I haven't seen Tusk. I've seen part, I've seen parts of Yoga Hosers. I haven't seen that either. And, and Yoga Hosers is looks pretty decent. Um, that's about as far as I've gotten. <laughs> um, but man, I could go back and watch Clerks and, and Clerks two all day long. And of course, most of Clerks two takes place at movies. Mm. Uh, Clerks they go to movies. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm looking forward to this. It's going to be so much fun. And I heard they're they're opening up a a pop up uh, there in the Boston area. Yeah, I saw that. So to check it out. Yeah, you're definitely going to have to check it out. I forget when they're doing it, but I'll have to look. So, uh, I'm not sure. But if you want to know when the pop-ups are coming, go to moviespopup.com. And you can purchase reservations now for Des Moines, Iowa. They were just doing Vancouver and Orlando, I think, together now. Uh, you can sign up for the Boston Mailer to get early access to tickets. Hmm. I should sign you up right now. Sure. That's dangerous. I'll actually do it. Uh, L-E-Y. Yeah. Uh, no numbers, right? Nope. Gmail? Yep. I don't see an actual date yet for the Boston one. You are subscribed. You just need to confirm it. Oh, thanks. You just need to confirm it. Yeah, I was looking. People were doing, uh, it was on their Facebook page. When you sign up, you could choose, uh, like, their vegan burger, their their regular hamburger, their chicken sandwich. There's, a like, a hot dog or it's almost like a bratwurst. Um, mm, bratwurst. I wish they had the menu up. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Um, you could you could order. Uh, here's the menu: uh, the cow tipper, Beyond Burger cow tipper, <laughs> the the cock smoker chicken sandwich, the cow dong vegan <laughs> Beyond brat. Uh, the size is onion rings to rule them all, or hater tots. I did the hater tots. <laughs> uh, they do have alcohol selections, um, regular drinks, um, sweets like cookies from the mall stand. Cookies from the mall stand, <laughs> vegan, milk chocolate covered pretzels, or cow pie brownie. <laughs> but they have more because I stay s- away from the pretzels. <laughs> yep. But what was it on Facebook? Mm-hmm. Uh, they have this one thing called, oh, what was it? The hater, the hater sandwich. Oh, what do they call it? This thing was a beast. Um, apparently they have breakfast too. You could get a, Egg move, egg movie muffin. Um, trying to find it. There's the onion rings, and apparently they have merch designed just for that area. Like apparently the logo, one of the logos they're using for Boston is the Boston Bruins logo, hmm. and is is the the Muins, the Boston <laughs> Muins. Um, and then um, like for Orlando, it's the Orlando Mujic. <laughs> is it? The Orlando Magic logo with uh, instead of the basketball, it's got the uh, the the movie's the head logo in place of the basketball. I'm like, okay, that's cool. <laughs> apparently, they're selling masks. Like, I don't know if I want the mask, <laughs> but there there's some there there's some stuff I, I'm looking to pick up. Oh, I can't wait for the hater tots. 
Oh, I can't wait. I'm gonna have to find. <laughs> I'm gonna have to find a small corner to put all this. Put the souvenir stuff at. Um, there's the God. Those hater tots look huge. Either that or that woman has small hands. And see, I can't <laughs> tell what the drinks. If that's a re- if that's just a regular plastic cup or if it's a recy- or a reusable cup. But man, I'll, I'll tell you, I am so excited for this. <laughs> I can tell. What was the name of the like they for the sports logo they did uh, for Phoenix when it was in Phoenix? It was the Phoenix Movies. What's this from them? From this was back on December thirty first. If you play Mall Rats on December thirty first at nine fifty six fifty eight, the movie will end right as the clock strikes midnight, and Suzanne by Weezer will play. <laughs> really, that may be something <laughs> to try next year. <laughs> well, actually, I can't because. The kids aren't old enough. Okay, for when they were in Minnesota, I don't know where. It was the Moobie Soda Hikings. (laughs) I think it's great some of this, you know, the play on words with movies. I cannot find a picture of this hater. It's the hater toss in a burger, and they actually call it something. There's two cow tippers next to each other. What do they call this thing? All right, now I got to search their photos. I'm going to their photo album. Oh, I'm so excited for this. I really... Really am, and if you're if you're a big Kevin Smith fan, you okay, here it is, the Hater Tot Burger, dude. Wait till you see this thing. No wonder Kevin Smith had a heart attack. I'm just saying, this is not on the the normal pre order menu. This is something you buy afterwards. Jeez, <laughs> is that not insane? <laughs> That's. Yeah, I feel my arteries clogging already, staring at that. Mm. Oh, yeah, no way. No way at all. And then, uh, what's the cow tipper? I see people showing double stacks of cow tippers. Cow tipper's pretty smothered as well. I mean, it's it's almost like the movie with the cow tipper. I'll show you this. This is two cow tippers stacked together. (laughs) Somebody calls it the Sunday stacker. I'm going to have enough problems with one. I I will be doing live from on Instagram for sure. Instagram and Twitter. So check those out. I'm going to be taking lots of photos that'll end up on all social media. So yeah, thing is, I, I put in a special order. I, I don't want uh, I don't want pickles on mine. No pickles. I'm not a pickle guy. Ugh. I can't stand the I can't stand the taste of pickles. I love pickles. I eat just pickles by themselves. I can eat a whole jar of them. The best is deli pickles. Oh, I love them. Uh, I can't. So for Orlando, this is what they did sports team wise, which pro sports, we only got two major league options, either the Magic or uh, our soccer team. They could have done the Orlando movie Lions, the Orlando City movies, but no, they went with our NBA team, the Orlando Mujic. <laughs> but here, here's what they're doing for, for Boston. <laughs> that may be a cool, that would make a cool looking t-shirt. Yeah, I might. I like it. I know you're not a big hockey guy or big sports guy. But I I can see you wearing I can see you wearing that. Yeah, but that's not really that's not exactly sports. No, it, it's well, it's based on the old old vintage uh, Bruins logo. Yeah, but it's a uh, it's the it's the Bruins. So it's it, it, it's a spoof. And unless unless you really know you know look real close, people are gonna go, oh yeah, go Bruins. You just go back, moo. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's that's pretty cool i like that i'm telling you you're gonna have to go check it out see when they do it yeah i don't i don't know uh they have early access to tickets now like i said you you should have your uh 
As soon as you can confirm your email, I'm sure they'll be sending you stuff. Um, trying to think. Uh, looking over on comicbook.com, because we talked about our friends over at Pop Insider, which we had a great show with them last week on Mighty Marvel Geeks. Yeah, it was fun. We're going to be doing that again with uh, at the I'm end of... I'm still looking uh, for my man thing. <laughs> We're, we're going to be doing that at the again at the end of uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, mm, which I I haven't watched the first episode yet. Watch, I'm going to be watching that as soon as we're done here. Watched it. And I, th- and I think it's funny. We're both at the same spot at the uh, <laughs> Snyder yeah, Cut. The Snyder Cut. Yeah. We just finished Age of Heroes and just starting mm-hmm. the collect. So have you have you gotten through the Flash interview process where nope. where Barry's interviewing at the uh, at the dog store at the pet store? Nope. Okay, nope. so I'm a little further ahead than you are. Then uh, apparently so. Yeah, uh, and then apparently according to Bob Chapek, Black Widow theater run will be a last minute decision. Yeah, I saw that. Like, which is interesting because that's kind of an answer to Kevin Feige last week was saying that he thinks it should be theater only, that all the Marvel films should. Right. It's already been delayed twice. Right. You know, it was supposed to come out last May, then November, now May of this year. Um, now they're saying say it's it. going to be a last minute decision. At this point in time, just release it on Disney+. Plus. I hate to say it, but I think it's lost a lot of momentum. I, I believe it has. Because how much of Black Widow yeah. was going to lead into WandaVision? Yeah. How much was WandaVision changed because Black Widow hasn't come out? And how many people are still that interested in Black Widow now at this point? I'm still interested in the film because I want to see it. I am too, but... But at this stage in the game, like they just need to just either put it out there like they and, and do the dual release like Warner did with Wonder Woman and what they're going to do with Kong versus Godzilla or Godzilla versus Kong and, and release it both locations. I mean, they did it with Raya, Last Dragon. Do it here too. Which I've heard is really good. Yeah, but do it here too. There will be people who will pay the premium to watch it on Disney+. Plus. I'm one of those people. I'm not sure if I am at this point. I, I will do it. Again, I want to see Black Widow, but I'm not like as jazzed to see it as I originally was. If, it, if I can watch it and I get access to it, unlimited access to it for the two, three months before they end up dropping it for free on Disney+, Plus, I'll do it. One, because I'm sure we'll be talking about it on Mighty Marvel Geeks. But at this point in time, I, I, I want to see it. So I'll, I'll just go and see it. Yeah. Like, I would do it for some of the, like, Shang-Chi, I would definitely, like, I'd be like, yeah, I'll do it then. But Black Widow, I'm kind of at this point, I'm like, eh, I don't know. I've kind of. But at this point in time, Black we'll Widow see. Black Widow does not need to be 30 bucks. Not for a film that's yeah. over a, a year old. Right. Technically over a year and a half old if you go from the end of filming. Right. So, um, so yeah. I mean, that that's, that's my vibe there. And then... Um, Trying to think. Oh, uh, well, now we'll we'll talk that Star Wars black uh, black series stuff on uh, Wednesday. Mm. Uh, but Bandai has some new animated figures coming out here shortly, and we're going to be having some people next month from Bandai to chat about Bandai and in uh, these anime figures. Maybe we'll get some inside scoop on uh, other products coming out in the future as well. But I did not realize anime during this whole pandemic, anime has really been uh, increasing in popularity. Really? I didn't know yeah. that either. 
I I was not aware. So, and that that's one of Bandai's uh, high points. Mm. Uh, but speaking of Bandai, uh, Pop Insider has a story that hyper realistic Stranger Thing figures from premium premium Bandai is coming to the forefront. Mm. So uh, they have a new sh- Chief Hopper figure and uh, the Demo- Demogorgon figure coming. Hmm. Uh, the Chief Hopper is a seven-inch articulated figure with a swappable head, so he comes either with or without hat, a hammer, and a hammer accessory. Going to run about sixty-five bucks. Uh, well, it's wow. a premium though. Uh, the the demo gorgon, um, which begins with pre-orders this summer, um, costs a hundred and ten dollars and comes with hands that can open and close and open and closed head options. <laughs> so, so all this leading into you know some merch that you get leading up to the fourth season of uh, Stranger Things. So, uh, anything else we're missing? Uh, nothing big. Um, I guess it's been confirmed that uh, we are definitely getting a uh, sequel to Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Sweet. That's cool. I think we. I think we've been talking about it. That I think. I think we. I think we have said through speculation that it was coming. But it's nice to have the yeah. official announcement. Right. It's a smart move. It's a very smart move. So are they saying what yeah. to expect with it? No, not yet. They just kind of made the announcement that, yeah, it's coming. Okay. Deal with that. I could deal with that. That'd be cool. Can't wait. More more product or more more stories from uh, Cal Kestis and crew. Yes. That'll be cool. Yeah. That will, will be. be cool. Um, I don't think we have anything else, do we? Nope. Not really. Well, next week, um, not guaranteed. Uh, it may be just us doing news, or we may have a guest to talk about the world of uh, flinging foam or foam foam dart foam foam blasters. Uh, we may have someone on next week to talk about that and that culture, which actually I'm finding quite intriguing. Mm. Um, and uh, so it'll be fun to talk about all that. And I will say, if you haven't watched it already, there's a documentary on uh, HBO Max called Fake Famous. Have you heard about oh, this? Yeah? Have you heard no. about this? They take three people and try and make them internet famous on Instagram <laughs> by <laughs> buying bots and everything else. Interesting show. Hmm. <clears throat> Interesting. It will make you look at. Um, <laughs> it will make you look at how you view Instagram. Oh, so much different. Hmm. It really will. Well, actually, I don't know if it'll make me look at it differently than I already look at it. Uh, you, 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 <laughs> it, might, it, it might confirm some things I've already oh, thought. It, it will confirm a lot, but... Mm. And, uh, but yeah, it, it's, it, it'll, it's an eye-opener, I will say. So, uh, if we don't have anything else, nope, should we call I it? Uh, I think we should. Uh, well then, final thoughts? No? Yes? Mm. I'm going to go watch me some Falcon and Winter Soldier. I want to say it's right around the hour mark. Maybe a little longer. Mm. Should be, considering we're only getting six episodes. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, on that note, I think we're going to leave y'all asking. Want to know more? So, um, the bad crowd you've been hanging out with is a science fiction club? This has been a Weeby Geeks production. 
You know how Peter Parker doesn't always know how to tell Mary Jane how he really feels? Or how Tony Stark seems to have everything but not the deep emotional connection his complex soul craves? Well, you don't have to be a superhero or a wealthy industrialist to experience the kind of rich relationships and life we all long for. I'm Mark Wen, and I'm a men's wisdom coach. After people work with me, they have the confidence, emotional intelligence, and communication skills they need to be the heroes of their own story. To find out more, go to markwentcoaching.com. M-A-R-C-W-E-N-D-T, coaching.com. Are you tired of podcasts only covering good movies or bad movies? Where could you possibly turn to find both in one convenient place? There has got to be a better way. Well, now there is. Try the podcast Double-Edged Double Bill, where Adam and Thomas dive into both a good and a bad film in every episode. Sound too good to be true? Well, listen to this testimonial. Double-Edged Double Bill got me to watch Total Recall and Junior in one night. I was both entertained and scarred permanently. Thanks, Double-Edged Double Bill. Available now on the ESO Network and wherever podcasts are streamed. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. This has been a Weeby Geeks production.